Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let's be seated. Jesus can be so inconvenient. At least I imagine that's what Simon might have been thinking that morning beside the lake at Gennesaret. Simon was always tired after a night of fishing out on the lake. But that morning he was tired and discouraged. He'd spent the whole night out on the lake only to come back to shore with nothing. Not a fish worth its scales. Nothing that he could take home to eat, let alone anything that his wife could take to the market to sell. He was washing out his nets, the motions automatic by this point. He wasn't really thinking about anything except how soon he would be able to get home and fall into bed for a few hours sleep. He'd hardly noticed the crowds that had gathered along the shore as he loaded his clean nets back into the boat, ready to do it all again tonight. Just as he was getting the last of his nets stowed away, Simon looked up and saw Jesus standing there right beside the boat. That's when he noticed the hundreds of people who were crowded along the shore, straining to hear what Jesus had been saying to them. And that's when Jesus said, as he climbed into the boat, Hey, Simon, do me a favor. Row me out a little ways, because it'll be easier for people to hear me if I'm out on the water. The last thing Simon wanted to do at that minute was get back in that boat. But it hadn't been all that long ago that Jesus had healed Simon's mother-in-law, so he figured he kind of owed the guy one. So his tired arms dipped the oars in the water, but the only thought that filled his head was, Jesus can be so inconvenient. Jesus talked to the crowds for a little while, and honestly, Simon didn't really pay that much attention to what he was saying because he was mostly focused on not falling asleep. Eventually, Jesus wrapped things up. The crowds started to wander off, and Simon felt relieved. Finally, he was going to be able to go home. And just as he was about to start rowing for the shore, Jesus turned to him and spoke. Simon, don't go back just yet. Row out to the deep part of the lake and drop your nets in there. Simon looked at him incredulously. He wants me to go where and to do what? These nets that didn't catch a darn thing all last night, these nets that I just finished cleaning. He wants me to drop them in the deep part of the lake? Why? I mean, this guy's a carpenter. He's not a fisherman. Otherwise, he'd know. No self-respecting fisherman would expect to catch anything now in the middle of the day. Simon breathed deeply to contain his frustration. He said with as much politeness as he could muster, Sir, we've already worked all night, my partners and I, and... We didn't catch anything, 
not to be disrespectful, but I, I just don't. And that's when Jesus looked at him. Not with reproach, exactly, but with a look that just said, are you really sure you want to be saying what you're saying right now? So Simon stopped, he breathed again, and he said, of course, sir, since you say so, I will be glad to do it. Jesus could be so inconvenient. We know the rest of the story, right? Simon lets down his nets, he pulls them back up. They are so full of fish, he literally can't get them back into the boat. He calls his fishing partners over, they help pull up the load. They all row back to shore with the boats nearly sinking under the weight of the catch. It is an amazing miracle. But let's not let the amazingness of it overshadow just how very frustrated Simon must have been that morning. He knew enough about Jesus to know it was probably worth doing what Jesus said, but what Jesus said was so inconvenient. Doing what Jesus said just seemed to upset everything. Jesus is inconvenient. Jesus does upset everything. I don't think you can read to the Gospels and not come to that conclusion. From his birth in a stable, to his death on the cross, to his rising from the grave, Jesus was always upsetting pretty much everything. And this morning, that is the lens that I want us to look at this story from Luke through. The lens of what Jesus upsets and how. To look, we want to use that lens to look at the story from Luke and to look at our own lives. Because when we pay attention to how Jesus upsets things, we also get a window into how Jesus sets things right and how we are set right with him. So what did Jesus upset for Simon that morning out on the lake? Almost obviously, he upset Simon's plans. Simon's plans were to call it quits after a long night of unsuccessful fishing. Simon's plans were to do what he did most days after work. Go home, take a shower, have something to eat, maybe watch a little sports center as he drifted off to sleep. (laughs) Simon's plans were to go about life as usual. Needless to say, Jesus upset all of Simon's plans. Jesus also upset Simon's expectations. When Jesus told him to lower his nets into the water, Simon expected it to be a waste of effort. And I think it's worth noting that Simon's expectations weren't inherently wrong in that way. I mean, he was a fisherman. He knew what worked and what didn't when it came to catching fish. And it wasn't just that he had just worked all night and not caught anything. It was that he knew that night was the time to fish, not broad daylight. So Simon was not wrong to expect that he wouldn't catch anything. But Jesus upset Simon's expectations. 
Finally, Jesus upset Simon's understanding of himself. As he pulled in his net-breaking haul of fish, Simon could only conclude one thing, and that was that he was in the presence of the holy. Only someone with divine power could do what Jesus had done. And Simon's response was the only response he could have in the face of the divine. A fearful awareness of his own unworthiness. Depart from me, Simon said to Jesus, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. There's an important shift in Simon's language that we should note here. When he first talks to Jesus about not wanting to go fishing again, Simon calls Jesus master, a word that was often used for a teacher or an elder. But here, when he has been faced with Jesus' divine power, Simon calls Jesus Lord. And his response to being in the presence of the Lord is an overwhelming sense of his sinfulness and his unworthiness. But Jesus upset that too. That's not to say that Simon wasn't sinful and unworthy. He was. But that wasn't the aspect of Simon's identity that Jesus was most concerned with. Instead, Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. Simon confessed his sin. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't condemn him. He doesn't say, that's right, you really are that sinful. He says, don't be afraid. And then he gives him a new job, a new identity. Simon had started that morning as a frustrated fisherman. In the middle of that day, he could think of himself only as a sinner. But by the end of it, he was a disciple of Jesus. He was somebody Jesus had called to follow him and to be part of his work. And not just that, but it wouldn't be too long before Jesus renamed Simon Peter. And promised that he would be the one upon whom Jesus would build his church. Jesus upset Simon's understanding of himself in a profound and life-giving way. Jesus upset Simon's plans, his expectations, his understanding of himself. And he will do the same thing for us. Jesus will upset our plans. There's the old saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And it's funny because it's true, right? I imagine each of us could tell stories about ways we have seen Jesus upset our plans. Maybe he's called us into a kind of work we never thought we would be doing. Maybe he's prompted us to spend our money differently, to give more of it away than we ever thought we could. 
Maybe he's led us to embrace what Henry Nouwen called the downward path, turning away from the drumbeat of ambition and success and power that most of our culture marches to. Maybe Jesus has invited us through a devastating loss or diagnosis into a radical reorientation to what's important in life. No matter the particulars, one thing is constant. Jesus will upset our plans. He'll upset our expectations, too. Simon had lowered his nets into the water all night without a single catch. There was not a reason in the world for him to expect anything different this time. And we also can get stuck in expectations based on our past experience. We can get discouraged by our inability to break free from a pattern of sin that has just plagued us for ages, and we expect that nothing will ever change. Or we expect that the things that we've heard should characterize our life as a disciple of Jesus, things like submission, obedience, repentance. We expect that those things will feel heavy, will feel constraining, even joy-killing. But then Jesus goes and upsets our expectations. As we allow him to occupy more and more room in our lives and in our hearts, we find that old sin patterns actually do start to fall away. Or we find that when it's Jesus we're dealing with, submission can actually feel like freedom. Repentance like joy. Jesus will upset our expectations. And Jesus will upset our understanding of ourselves. Some of us go through our days all too aware of our brokenness, our frailty, our sin. They can become such inescapable aspects of our existence that we feel like they come to define us. For us, Jesus might need to upset that understanding of ourselves by showing us again and again that we are made in God's image and we are God's beloved children. Some of us, though, may feel at the heart of things like we're pretty okay people, doing pretty fine all by ourselves. If that's the case... Jesus may need to upset our understanding of ourselves by causing us to confront our brokenness, our frailty, our sin. But he does that not to condemn us, but only so that we can experience his forgiveness, his healing, and his redemption. No matter what, Jesus is going to upset our understanding of ourselves. And he will give us a new one, that we are his disciples, and that we are catchers of people. Jesus will upset our plans, our expectations, our understandings of ourselves. Jesus can be so inconvenient. But the remarkable thing 
the very, very, very good news is that when Jesus upsets seemingly every aspect of our lives, that's when we find that somehow Jesus has actually set everything to rights. In the upside down of the kingdom of God, we find that things actually fall into their proper place. For one, we find that Jesus sets our priorities right. When Simon finally got that enormous haul of fish to shore, what did he do? He left it. Luke tells us that Simon and James and John left everything and followed Jesus. When Jesus upsets our lives, we find that the things we tend to chase at great cost, things like security and success, prestige or stability, those things lose their luster. Instead, we find that we are drawn to love for God, for our neighbors. We're drawn to presence in the moment, to contentment, to trust, to dependence on God. When Jesus upsets our lives, we find that he sets our priorities to rights. We also find our right mission. We find our mission as followers of Jesus who are working with him. When Jesus upset Simon's life, he gave him a new mission. No longer was he to catch fish, he was to catch people. And when Jesus upsets our lives, he gives us a new mission too. To be his disciples. To be part of the work that he is doing. We also get to catch people. To catch them with love and grace and forgiveness. To catch them with service and care, to catch them with the good news that Jesus loves them, forgives them, and wants to walk with them. In short, we get to catch people with the gospel. And when Jesus upsets our lives, we find our right mission. And finally, we find our right place, which is with Jesus. After Simon's remarkable encounter with Jesus on the boat that day, he decided to follow him. When Jesus upset Simon's life, Simon knew that there was nowhere else he wanted to be except by the side of his Lord. And when Jesus upsets our lives, we also can find that there's nowhere we want to be except with him. We want to be with the one who loves us, who forgives us, who calls us. More than anything else, more than any values or morals, more than any priorities, more even than any mission, what Jesus calls us to is himself. To live a life in union with him. When Jesus upsets our lives, we find our right place with our Lord. If you're looking for smooth sailing in life, 
Jesus probably isn't the guy for you. Just ask Simon. Jesus will upset everything. Our plans, our expectations, our understandings of ourselves. But as he does that, he also sets everything to rights. Our priorities, our mission, our place. The kingdom of God is a topsy-turvy place. But because of the love and the grace and the mercy of our Lord, the kingdom of God also feels like home. Thanks be to God. Amen.